Hello, you're listening, you are listening to, to SRM Student Radio Master on 107.5 FM. Do you like a
tuning in. This is Student Radio Maastricht live from the studios of RTV at Banka Studios. Really glad today to be uh, to be re-welcoming uh, Feminists of Maastricht um, live in the studio. So uh, could you please introduce yourselves, uh, Elena, uh, yeah. Katie? Yeah, hi. Hello everyone, I'm Elena. Uh, yeah, I'm Feminists of Maastricht. I have been for um, two years, well, two years in the board and uh, my first year as a student here in Maastricht, I was just uh, an active member and I take care of organizing the events mostly. Uh, we mix and match a lot like responsibilities. And yeah, here in Maastricht, I study at UCM. I do liberal arts, so a bit of everything and a lot of nothing. I do mostly gender studies though and identity studies. Cool. Yeah, hi. Uh, I'm Katie. Um, I'm half German, half Chinese. Uh, I was studying European law here, uh, but now I'm just working for a while. Uh, and I'm co-head of content in Feminist of Maastricht, and I joined the board this year. So I'm new to this, not like Elena. Super nice, super nice. Yes, we've had Feminist of Maastricht uh, once on our show before. Yeah. So, um, yeah, nice that you're coming back. Yeah, And um, happy to. Yeah. Yeah, and um, and an interesting topic as well. Pretty intense. Um, yeah. Yeah, maybe it's worth having a bit of a trigger warning. Yes. Uh, yes. Because we're going to be talking a bit about uh, sexual harassment and sexual violence in the university and in Maastricht in general. Uh, and it can be very triggering as a topic to discuss. So it's, yeah, just keep that in mind. Obviously, we won't, it won't be graphic content or whatsoever, but, you know, we're going to be talking about how to handle that and how to confront it. So, yeah. Fantastic. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. And, um, yeah, of course, you, you are free to express your opinions on the radio here and it's what it's for. And, yeah, can you say a, a few words about Feminist of Maastricht for our audience uh, who just tuned in? Yeah, I mean, in general, we organize almost weekly events. Now it's getting a bit much, a lot of work, so we might turn it down a bit and have one every two weeks. Uh, they're mostly educational events, but we also organize 8th of March uh, demonstrations, protests, and then, yeah, lately, yeah, you know, whenever there's feminist politics needed in the in the city or in the university, we try and be part of that. Yes, but we're an intersectional feminist group um, and we collaborate with all other activist groups in Maastricht and yeah, cooperate a lot, which is also really nice. Fantastic. Yes, the first episode with uh, Feminists of Maastricht were also on intersectionality. So I highly recommend you to check it out. But in the meantime, we'll be playing you another fantastic piece. By the way, I forgot to introduce the artist who very, very kindly allowed us to, to use, uh, use his music. Uh, this one is um, the album Melodic Guitar Communications by JHHW, also who was uh, introducing this album uh, live from the studio uh, last week. So also check out uh, that episode. But in the meantime, uh, this is uh, a very fitting song. It's called uh, The Return. So the return of FOM to RTV. Thank you. 
This is Student Radio Master on RTV 107.5 FM. The tunes you're listening there are the melodic guitar communications by JHHW. Thank you very much for tuning in. And today in the studio, we have the feminists of Maastricht uh, making a return to yeah. Student Radio. Yeah. How are you? So, uh, Helena? Yeah. yeah. Helena. Elena and Katie. Hi. Nice to be here. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. So, we were briefly introducing the topic. Um, Touchy topic, of course. Um, yeah, so please. Yeah, I mean, I think maybe a good way to start this, and again, trigger warning, we're going to be talking about sexual harassment and sexual violence, is that, um, yeah, last summer we had a few people reporting uh, sexual harassment in an establishment in Maastricht, in a venue, and the more we asked around, the more stories came up. And so we decided, and yeah, we tried to organize a bit of an economic boycott of this place and just like spreading the word that the owner was not, yeah, was not a good person and that people should have been like avoiding this space. 
And then we decided to try and extend this as much as we could. So we created a forum, which is on our Instagram, where people could report uh, harassment and sexual violence in uh, venues in Maastricht, whether it was restaurants and pubs uh, or clubs. Um, and then what came up uh, was that a lot of people were, o- were also reporting mishandling of cases of sexual harassment and sexual violence by the university. So, yeah, it was mostly lack of mental health support or yeah, just the university not being willing to uh, take action against well, if it was like a student that had done the harassing um, or an employer even. And so then, yeah, we tried to react to that a bit. Um, so yes, the form we created on Instagram is of course completely anonymous um, and then basically it's uh, completely free so people can tell us what they want us to do, how they want us to handle the situation um, and we've also got very different responses um, and one response was um, also what a few people might have heard um, had quite a far outreach on Instagram with the letter to UM um, situation um, which is then basically what uh, brought up the whole uh, well university um, handling sexual harassment cases again yeah I think we were just very disappointed. Uh, I think really when we did the form, we had like deliberately not put uh, the university in there because we understood that it was like very complicated as a process. And also there are two other groups uh, led by students that handle these things with the university. One is We Care and the other one is uh, like a campaign that is part of Amnesty Students uh, called Let's Talk About Yes. And yeah, we... I mean, they are definitely on top of it and they do a lot of lot of work. Uh, but we were very, very concerned when we had a couple of people coming up to us and explaining to us how the process works, how complicated it is to get help, let alone some form of yeah justice from the university. And then, yeah, we met also with... Um, with the people that you would meet if you were to report sexual harassment uh, to someone at UM. And we were also there very, very shocked uh, about the way they were talking to survivors and to us as well. And yeah, we just felt like they were really not concerned with the topic. Oh, that's a pity to hear because, well, um, a lot of the foreign students, including myself, when I was a student in the Netherlands coming from India, like my first point of contact would indeed be the uni, which is pretty much my only point of contact. I have no clue about how the the legal system works or the police works in, in a different country and let alone a different, um, a different continent. And of course, the, 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 the first thing that comes to me is and it comes to mind is that, yeah, you either talk to your, your council, your, your uni, the person you're touched with, and I knew there were some students who went to the embassy, but I think that is a, uh, a far reach uh, because if that happens, then yeah. Uh, then depending on the embassy, then there could be some widespread es- escalations of the situation. So yeah, I think, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a pity to hear this. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I, and I think you bring up a really good point. The, the the fact that most of us are students, you know, without a very strong support system, whether it's like a family or just lack the like legal knowledge of what are the next steps or so simply do not trust the legal system to take care of these things. The university very much is supposed to 
be a place where you can feel taken care of, especially if, as UM does, it markets itself as a progressive institution that cares about the well-being of their students and then in practice. Uh, sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think it's it's not just UM. It's yeah for for any universities and institutions. Um, yeah, it it also reminds me of the of problems with like landlords uh, or and pretty much any legal problems. Like, but this is really a, a next level situation. No, but actually, I think all of these things are so interconnected. Also, you know, UM has failed to help out students whenever they were being affected by the housing crisis, and all of this like falls into. Yeah, just it makes you understand that it really is an institution that cares about profit and money and it's a business, right? So businesses very rarely care about their yeah, yeah, the yeah, people. Yeah. 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 Once something is a business then yeah, then there is one bottom line. Yeah. Um Okay. Well, uh we'll take a short break. Uh again some some lovely music from uh from JHSW who very kindly let us use uh, his songs. From the album Melodic Guitar Communications. Enjoy.
Welcome back. This is Student Radio Mastered on RT 107.5 FM. What you were listening there was the track Tower Defense Preparations by JHHW from his album Melodic Guitar Communications. In the studio we have live uh, the feminists of Maastricht, um, Elena and Katie. Correct? Is that correct? Yes, hi. Yes. Hello, <laughs> hi. Yeah, and... Uh, yeah, we were talking about the Yes campaign and uh, indeed sexual harassment in the city, in the university, and of course, then what what role universities and and, in, and institutions play because this is student radio. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, so there's a lot of groups who already work with the university to work on this whole problem, um, and one of them is Let's Talk About Yes. They also from Amnesty, um, they, and they got the university to sign a manifesto last year that had, um, I think, six different points where the university basically promised to work on um, bystander training, providing workshops, um, having a transparent and easy access procedure to report sexual harassment, all those things. Um, so they signed it, advertised it very big on their platform as well, which is just what they like to do to you know keep up their image um, of that progressive university. Um, and yeah, sadly, this sadly after the summer um, with the sexual harassment forum that we have on Instagram, um, we did see uh, a lot of reports that showed us that the university did not implement any of the promises they made through the manifesto, and that the procedures are still very hard, and there are no trained staff or anyone to handle those situations. I mean, yeah, there there are some for sure, but. The situation is definitely out of hand in a lot of cases, and I think something to mention is that change in these instances is very, very slow. So implementing these things takes a lot of time, um, and it does come at the cost of the well-being of a lot of students that, in the meantime, report and receive no help. And I think maybe it's also worth mentioning that uh, the Let's Talk About Yes manifesto was also, you know, came after the publishing of a report. Um, yeah, com- that was conducted by some um, professors and researchers at UM uh, that showed that uh, almost 47% of students during their years at, at UM experienced sexual violence and or sexual harassment. And um, yeah, the, the numbers are really terrifying and almost 10% of students uh, experience, experience rape. And yeah, I, I, it, this report you can find on Google Scholar if you just like write um, UM report sexual violence. And it is quite terrifying how high these numbers are. And it kind of raises the question of whether or not it is the university's responsibility to handle these things. Because a lot of people think, you know, this is just something that the police should be taking care of. And well, to that, I think it's worth mentioning, first of all, that also legal trials and the police take a long long time to do investigations when it comes to these things and in the meantime um, victims of sexual harassment or sexual violence are very much left to themselves and yeah regarding this I also um, had like interesting discussions with people lately I think then we decided to also explain a bit on our Instagram about why we think that the university has an obligation to do this, you know, even if you don't consider the morality part of knowing that someone is like suffering and you're not intervening to stop this or prevent this or helping out. And they're the, the very basis of a university is that it has to provide education for its students. And 
you have to understand that then sexual harassment and sexual violence and like experiencing those things prevent you from getting that education because they very much hinder the like learning process and there's a million research that is has been conducted regarding this of how you know students that um experience sexual harassment sexual violence and have lower attendance rates and uh you know psychological problems that hinder their like academic uh results and so on and especially since as we said before uh most of a lot of students here are international and don't have any other um yeah any other safety net uh the university should really be able to provide a safe space for i mean at least studying that is what they promise right uh, what they provide um um so at least for them to do that but i mean otherwise we can also draw a really simple comparison um so going to u university or if you go into a restaurant to get food that's then the service they provide so education versus food basically And if in the restaurant, um, you know, some other customers disturb you eating your food by, you know, making a scene or harassing you or doing whatever, it's just only logical that the restaurant has some kind of responsibility to keep their customers safe as well. Um, and then, you know, the university for some reason doesn't. At least that is what we've heard uh, every time we've s spoken to the university. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> I I don't personally have any experience there, but indeed, um, uh, like 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 we discussed earlier, yeah, this is the first point of contact, and it's um, yeah might not be the the legal responsibility as such, but like you said, yeah, what what other options do these students have? Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and going to the police is. Right, at least personally, it's it's not my first uh, <laughs> first go-to. <laughs> I, I, I very much go agree, and it. even even students yeah. that do decide to do that, you know, there's there are a lot of ways that you're then disencouraged to like pursue that. And yeah, people we talk to, even the most determined ones, after a few months of like them having to call like the police to be, to be like, are you still like looking at my case? They give up, and the university could like provide some form of like support or legal knowledge to these students and even do things for them you know yeah i mean it maybe it's a question of having a, a professional uh in place to yeah. to take care of these situations yeah. uh, where, where it warrants on on such a level and yeah especially when yeah when you have um the reputation of uh, such a big university like the um uh, yeah. at stake all right uh talking about um talking about that i think um we'll go into the next track Uh, this one is called Extraterrestrial Chase. Uh, also, many thanks to JHSW for letting us use the um, use the tracks. So, enjoy. Thank you. 
welcome back and thanks for staying with us. This is Student Radio Master on RTV 107.5 FM coming live from the studios of RTV at Banka Studios in Maastricht. In the studio we have today the um, the, the organization Feminists of Maastricht, well two students uh, from the organizations. One student, one recently graduated student. Um, <laughs> anyways. <laughs> more, more like a student that has given up <laughs> on the world. Yeah. <laughs> so please, please, uh, uh, can you introduce yourself once again? Uh, uh, Katie? Yeah, hi. Uh, I'm Katie. I was studying European law here. Now I'm working. Um, and yes, I'm the co-head of content for Feminists of Maastricht since this year. Cool. And Elena? Yeah, I'm Elena. I study at UCM. This is my last year. I do uh, gender studies mostly, identity studies a bit. Yeah. And I am co-head of events for Feminists of Maastricht. We do mix and match a lot our jobs and uh, anyways and as of now we're all very much focused on yeah just making some demands uh, to the university regarding their policies for sexual harassment and sexual violence and how they uh, provide or fail to provide uh, students with support whenever they report something like that and yeah I mean just a few days ago or yeah at this point actually it's been more than a week or two weeks even uh, we made some demands to the university which we think would really help um, and the first one is uh, bringing up like changing the code of conduct that they have uh, as of now and make clear that they have like a zero tolerance policy for sexual violence and sexual harassment uh, because as of now it is very very unclear what needs to happen for the university to take uh, some form of disciplinary or corrective action against a perpetrator of sexual violence or sexual harassment. And yeah, so that would be the first thing is to just make that very clearly stated in the code of conduct. Um, also very important um, professional training um, for people who in every step, um, who, uh, in every step who handle the report of sexual harassment at the university that they actually respond well to the students. Yeah, that would like um, mean to hire someone that is called a sexual violence response, a response coordinator and also staff, because not just one single person can't possibly handle all of this. And um, yeah, this is like a figure that is present in other university and how like it's been asked like at UM people, like professionals have asked this for a long time at this point. And it's someone that then is trained to support victims of sexual violence and sexual harassment and can give psychological help and can also give guidance in legal action, as we were saying before, for students that have you know, no idea how to navigate that, especially if they're internationals or even more from outside the EU. Um, yeah, and then that's a couple of things and we would also like to see implemented like... Um, module that is mandatory for all students at UM regarding uh, sexual harassment and sexual violence and kind of going through the concept of what rape culture is and what a culture of consent is and how we can cultivate that. But of course, since it is a whole culture, um, it is very hard to change, um, but also very important that the university makes a statement and that everyone sees and knows that uh, sexual assault and harassment is not accepted at this university and really clearly sends a message, which, um, well, to be honest with how they responded uh, in this case with the letter to UM, kind of sends a mixed message. Um, so we don't really know where they stand. It kind of sounds like 
you know, they're not really on our side to say, no, sexual assault and harassment is wrong and has to stop. Yeah. No, uh, yeah, sometimes it also, to me, resonates with like um, general stuff in, in, in governance. So when you look at politics, you have a lot of statements being released by governments, but then on the grassroots level, you don't see it being implemented. Um, I mean, it, it's just one of the frustrations uh, where you see this as a microcosm of like larger politics. Yeah, absolutely. And then it's interesting whenever you try and do something that has to do with politics, the, the, you're like, okay, well, I can start with you. I'm right. It's just only one institution. I'm not asking them to like not to change, you know, the municipality. And then you're like the government and blah, blah, blah. So, but even when you start from like the smallest unit of power, it'll still be, you'll find so, so many difficulties and they're all interconnected, right? So whenever we have these discussions with the university, um, they tell us, well, the law stopped, like Dutch law stops us from actually expelling someone unless a legal trial has convicted them, convict them as rapists uh, or whatever. Um, and then you're like, okay, so we gotta change the law or how, like, how can we, prevent or how can we put another measure that assures that you know if you know that there's someone that has committed uh, a crime but legal trial didn't go through because there's so many things as we were saying before that hinder that and takes years and years for these things to go through how can you make sure these people are not on campus or that they're not hurting anybody anymore and um, and there's no way to actually hold the university accountable to any of that because supposedly they are following the rules right they're not they're not doing anything wrong according to their book yeah, and that is often the problem, right? Is the problem is not what is uh, what is illegal, but what is legal and uh, how much is allowed. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, especially in a campus, well, on a uh, campus like UM, where the campus is sort of part of the city, mm-hmm. uh, so there are let's say vague boundaries yeah. uh, as well. And the perpetrator can, of course, um, I don't know, do those things outside the uni. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I, I don't know. Um, uh, it is it is a tough tough situation, and um, I think I also think indeed like like episodes like uh, what you did earlier on the on intersectionality and just basic education mm-hmm. can also help uh, help a long way. Absolutely, uh, yeah, yeah. Which is the very point of having that demand regarding a mandatory module, because it first of all it makes as Katie was saying like a clear statement of what the university think it's important and what the community should be like and what the university wants the community to be like and what kind of yeah ethics and morals we all agree to while we decide to be part of um yeah right thank you um all right uh, we'll take another short break uh with a track from the melodic guitar communications by the artist jhhw enjoy and stay tuned because we'll be right back Thank you. 
Welcome back. This is Student Radio Master on RT 107.5 FM. Today we have in the studio uh, the feminists of Maastricht. Thank you so much for coming by, addressing a pretty uh, pretty important topic. Yeah, it's great to be here to talk about these things. And in general, I think what worries us is to look for alternative ways and perhaps like revolutionary ways to keep our community safe and um, yeah, hold each other accountable because as we said repeatedly I think in the last hour or so the police does not help and the university does not help and I think the very idea of that form that we have on our Instagram is that we kind of take matters into our own hands and we uh, you know whenever we get a report of sexual harassment sexual um, violence in a bar or in a pub we go talk to the owners ourselves and we kind of you know see the vibes and how they react to us talking to them and many are very nice and agree to put like um, pieces of paper in their bathrooms or stickers that say that they, you know, if anyone approaches them and need help, they will take care of it. And um, yeah, in general, we're trying to also think of ways where we can guarantee a safer scene when it comes to clubbing and pubs in Maastricht and how to in general cultivate a culture of consent. One thing we also have is um, we have a WhatsApp group for all the active members of Feminists of Maastricht and I think we're, I don't know, 200, 300 people mm -hmm. by now. Um, and we also said, so if you ever walk home uh, alone and need, I don't know, someone to call while you're walking home or maybe someone who can accompany you, that you can always uh, text in a group chat and that like someone from the community uh, will be able to help you or have a call. Yeah, yeah. That is really smart actually. Yeah, yeah, and right, that's that's what misses is community work and uh, it's nice to see that these things work and people are always very surprised, but it does. And yeah, actually, uh, another way is, yeah, this is all part of cultural consent, uh, which is something that is not in place most of the times. And just tomorrow at 6.30, I think, we're having an event the sustainability hub in Tapine and it's a consent workshop and it's not even just concerning uh, you know sexual consent but in general the way we reject people and the way we should feel okay with rejecting people and saying no and saying yes and non-verbal ways to express consent of all kinds again not just when it comes to sexual relationships but friendships and family relationships all these things very much especially um, I was reading a very famous uh, writer, it's called Bell Hooks, and she talks a lot about violation of consent when it comes uh, uh, to relationships between parents and child because there's a very strong power imbalance there. And yeah, I was just reflecting, for example, just like picking up a child is something that you do without ever asking for permission. And in my life, I only met one parent that was very uh, focused on this idea of teaching consent to her children since the very beginning. So she would always ask her own kids, even when they were like two, to like give her some form of consent to being picked up or touched at any point in any way. Um, and yeah, these are things that we don't get taught at all. Yeah, yeah that, that reminds me of this meme I saw on Facebook with this little girl with like uh, curly hair. How do you call it? Like, like really curly, bushy hair. Mm -hmm. And... I don't know if it's a girl or a boy, but the, the point is that that person was sick and tired of people touching the hair. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, I can totally get it now. It's like, yeah, if you have this curly hair, it's beautiful, sure. Um, and there, maybe there is no no intent otherwise, but yeah, the person just doesn't like it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, for sure. That's uh, it, yeah, it, it shouldn't 
be like a uh, an opt an opt out but like yeah you can't just like assume the opting in bit <laughs> yeah of course um, yeah that right. sounds like a microaggression right there all right all right all right so um yeah uh now that you you mentioned the um a little bit about about the agenda the cultural agenda happening in town so the consent workshop tomorrow at uh, at Tapine uh organized by families of maastricht uh we have uh some more cultural agenda we can we can announce um coming up on friday the 2nd of december is uh, the ucm music committee the university college maastricht music committee is organizing a open mic night at lbb from eight o'clock and on saturday uh in the same location lbb upstairs you have tribal techno by g code a uh, tribal techno gathering by g code from 8:30 to 3 i don't know who came up with this name but it's really interesting that they mentioned g code um <laughs> completely off topic but look it up if you've got um, some some nerdy uh, nerdy vibes um <laughs> and um yeah and this also on the back side of lbb at uh, at the caldecher there is moon safari by deeply addictive sounds um So yeah there is uh, there is some space to party and maybe also good to think about what you heard into this episode uh, when you're at a public space uh, about consent. Oh please please uh, please always <laughs> always think about yeah, that and read more about consent yeah. Yeah. Yeah yeah no it's it's an, it's an interesting topic um like you said it goes much beyond personal con- consent with regards to being the like copyrights or whatever but in general i think it's uh, it's an interesting topic and mm-hmm. yeah we're speaking about consent i can already say thanks to john jhw uh, f- for giving us consent to use his music um, today <laughs> <laughs> so yeah uh, any last words uh, before we say bye mm, just uh, yeah feel free to always text anything to feminist master i think our strength is that we really are a community and if anyone ever has any problems of all kinds we i think we really show up for each other and if you join any of our events i think you'll see that so yeah yes so we hope we see some of you tomorrow um and if you have any ideas yourself regarding this topic you're always welcome to text us and someone's always going to text you back yes and they can find you on instagram you're yeah. you are on instagram we yeah. are, you have been collaborating for today's episode yeah So that's feminist Maastricht on Instagram yeah. and then you know there's also if you text us you can get added to the WhatsApp group. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you. And, uh, Thank you for having us. It right. was great. Thank you so much and then we will leave you with this uh last last melodic exit uh as it is called by JHW. Enjoy. Bye. Bye-bye.